we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Somia Krishna Murphy. Somia Krishna Murphy. Yeah, I, knew, I didn't want you to attempt. I've it. been practicing that. I've been practicing it for the last five minutes. I, I was going to get it right. I wasn't sure who was going to do it right, but both of you in unison. That's right. Somia <laughs> Krishna Murphy. I've been practicing the last you five really minutes. Have. I, yeah, that's why I didn't really say nothing because it was on my mind. Somia, yeah, Somia, yeah. Somia. He was really in thought when I came in, but I love it. Thank you. You have a book out right now called Fashion Killer. And, yes. and, and before we get to the book, you know, Somia is a is a world renowned hip hop journalist. Yes, yes. Like, what else? What other hyphenates would you put on that? <sighs> hip hop journalist, um, on air host, mm-hmm. and I've literally known Char since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah. I think I met him when he first moved from South Carolina. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Yeah, and yeah. then we did this show called uh, POV on MTV. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seven episodes. Um, if you stayed up till midnight and watched it, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's now a cult classic in my mind. It's like the paid in full of like hip hop shows. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, so since then, I've been able to interview so many artists, and Fashion Killer is my first book. Wow. Congrats. Drops 1010, mm-hmm. so order it everywhere. This is the first anthology about hip hop and high fashion, and obviously it comes out on Hip Hop 50. Why, why, why a book about fashion? It's so interesting. The genesis was it started as an article in Double XL. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing the research, I saw that there are no books about this. Mm. And one thing about the lit space, and you know this, Char, is that a lot of times hip hop stories just aren't elevated in the mm-hmm. same way other genres are rock music, pop music, right? It's still sort of seen as either niche or still kind of underground, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So to me, knowing Hip Hop 50 was coming up, this is such a great opportunity to write really that definitive story, that 50-year retrospective. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people, if I don't see it in the marketplace, well, I might as well just do it myself. That's right. I was going to ask, you know, what do you break down in the book? Because, you know, when you go, sometimes you go to Vegas and you go to Planet Hollywood, right? You see all these rock and roll idols on the wall and you see their guitar and you see their shirt and you see their whatever. Or you see some pop stars. I don't really see that that much for hip hop, which is concerned. And we do have a lot of things that is pretty big. But, you know, whether we're talking about, uh, you know. But imagine that's the, the Run DMC, Adidas, imagine like or Cameron's Jackson's the red, white, and Absolutely. blue, or Cameron's pink, pink fur, fur, you know, things like that that really step outside that's really of the Smithsonian, Absolutely. right? The Cameron pink fur. But I think Envy, you make such a good point. It is still this idea, although hip hop is 50, mm-hmm. it's still not viewed kind of through that prestige lens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, you have the Smithsonian, you have these like little moments here and there, but this idea that it should be elevated and really treated with the gravitas it deserves, I think those are the opportunities. And for me, that's I just didn't see that in the lit space. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, I don't think hip hop is looked at through the lens of art, and it should Absolutely. be. Like, remember when Salam Remy was up here and he had these big paintings of like, you know, some of our favorite hip hop artists. When you see it as a painting, you're like, oh, you look at it different. Or when they do the Book of Hove exhibit (laughs) in in Brooklyn, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, like we're not looking at it through the lens of art. Yeah, and you know, for me, just having a hardcover book out, you open it and yeah, of course, there's like 40 great photos of like Biggie and Cam Mm -hmm. and Cardi B and all these people, but there's also history, Mm -hmm. there's sociology, there's psychology. Mm -hmm. It's so much more layered than just a rapper wore a dope outfit. And I think a lot of times people see it through that cursory lens and it's much more nuanced than that. Break down this cover. Cause this, I, I hit you when I told you Fire. this cover is fantastic. Fire. Fire. Phenomenal. <laughs> like break down that cover. So it's so funny. That cover was a little bit, there were some back and forth, a little arguments with some people. Um, so basically fashion killer is obviously a nod to the ASAP Rocky song where he mm-hmm. name checks like 27 brands, mm-hmm. right? He was saying brands that nobody had heard of. And, I wanted something that really made it stand out in the marketplace with the cover. If you look at, again, a lot of hip hop books, it's like a guy with a big chain, Mm -hmm. um, something very sort of stereotypical or kind of looks cheap, if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And for me, I wanted it to look luxe. I want it to look sexy. Even if you don't read one page, it's going to look good on your coffee table. Mm -hmm. It looks great in selfies. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted this to be a book. It's very much a nod to McQueen, obviously, with the skull. But again, to differentiate it, to show that this is something different, it's special, and almost treat it like a luxury product, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine like walking down the street, having a really sexy book, that's kind of an accessory, mm-hmm. right? And it's also a great mm-hmm. conversation starter too. Do you break down uh, how, uh, especially in hip hop, how we make some of these fashion brands cool? 100%. How, how a lot of times that you look at some of these brands, whether it's Gucci, now I'm not gonna say Gucci wasn't cool, but Gucci became cool because we started wearing it, whether it's Louis Vuitton or whatever it may be. Do you break that down and some of the impact that we've had on those brands? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. One of the chapters is called 1991. And a lot of people don't realize Karl Lagerfeld did a whole hip hop themed runway show back in 91. Mm. And it was, you know, big chains and nameplates and baseball cap to the side. Now, of course, rappers and hip hop weren't given homage. Right. But the idea that someone like Karl Lagerfeld for Chanel was doing it all the way back then. The, the influence has always been there. Now, the thing is, the relationship, I think, very much started as the outsider. So hip hop not being accepted, but also not being able to afford it. You mm-hmm. got to think back to someone like Dapper Dan. He's like the only people who could afford my stuff were drug dealers and athletes. Right. Right. Only then when LL and Eric B. Rakim, people like that came when they were able to afford it, then they become the consumer. We go into the 90s, which is my personal favorite era, where we start to see Sean John and mm-hmm. Rockaware and all of these rapper-led brands, right? And then now I think we're in an age of collaboration. So mm-hmm. you have Pharrell over at Louis Vuitton. You see artists like ASAP Rocky or Travis Scott very much being partners with these brands. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we saw with Dapper Dan, I mean, his sort of full circle moment with Gucci happened after they bit his style, mm-hmm. right? And only after Twitter came and really rallied around him was he able to have this incredible comeback. I would hope it doesn't take outrage and those kind of scandals for hip hop to truly have a seat at the table, whether it be decision making, design, or just being represented in fashion. Why do you think it's so difficult for black brands to succeed and, and have longevity, right? You, you named a lot of these brands, Sean John, who I don't even think is in, in existing anymore. They are working on relaunching it. Yeah, he it. bought it back. Yeah, he bought it back and he had a moment at the Met Gala with it. And from what I've heard behind the scenes, just between us, is that they are working on some sort of a capsule or relaunch. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so difficult for black brands to stay, you know, longevity or for us to even support them like that? You know, we support everything else, but not our black brands. It's hard. I think when we talk about rapper led brands mm-hmm. first, a lot of it is tied to the artist. Mm-hmm. So when the artist isn't hot, you don't want to wear their clothes no more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so many of those brands, I mean, are you wearing Marshall Mathers clothing right now? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm from Michigan, so mm-hmm. maybe we always wear it. I didn't but even how know Marshall people... Mathers had a clothing line. Oh, yeah, he did. That. Shady. shady. Wear. Oh, yeah, Shady, Shady, yeah, Shady, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there was Woo Wear. Remember, mm-hmm. Busta had a line. DMX had a line. There was a time everyone had a line. It was Rock get a record deal, have one hit record, Rock and have a line, yeah. right? Um, a few of them, Sean John, Rock Aware, they kind of elevated where they were making hundreds of millions of dollars. But I think a lot of it is you can't tie something to something as seasonal as an artist trend because mm-hmm. when you're not the flavor of the moment and it happens to everyone, mm-hmm. no one wants to wear your clothes. I think the other part is just for brands, it's really expensive. A lot of people ask me, why don't you think rappers want to have their own brands now? Do you want to spend your own money to have, you know, focus on manufacturing and supply and all of these things, distribution? Mm-hmm. It's similar to the music business. There's a reason everyone still signs to the majors. It's better to spend someone else's money. Does that mean that you put away your OVO hoodie? Have you put any away? <laughs> you know what, Char? So this is funny. And I was a former Aubrey's Angels. I can say that amongst the Aubrey's Angel? Former Aubrey's Angels. You love what? Drake. That was a day one. Day I was, one. I was day one when it was not cool to be a Drake fan, mm-hmm. right? But he lost me somewhere. Yeah. After views, it's almost like that friend from high school that we have nothing in common anymore. And I kind of don't want to hang out with them. So mm-hmm. I'll see you on social media, but let's never speak again. Damn. Right? What do you that, think it was? What do you think the disconnect is? You know, it, it's funny. I think from day one, what always gravitated me towards Drake was he was 
vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That was his superpower when he stopped trying to act like Wayne or Jay. And he was just this goofy kid from Toronto, half white, nice, you know, white Jewish mom. That's what we loved about him. And in those vulnerable moments, whether it's brand new or um, too much, like those are the records that made me like Drake. And especially growing up when you're in your mid 20s, he was that perfect blend of emo and toxic, Mm -hmm. which is what all of us were dating and acting at the time. Mm But now, 10 plus years later, I just feel like we grew in separate directions. And when I listened to this new album, and let me know what your thoughts are, I was like, who is this person? Who's Aubrey? Mm-hmm. And what I want from him now is a classic album. What is your magnum opus? Mm-hmm. As a grown man, as a father, we know you have hits. We know you can get any single person as a feature. I want that definitive Drake album. Where's my 444 moment? Mm-hmm. Where's my life is good moment? Mm-hmm. That's what I want from Aubrey. But so until then, the OVO hoodie stays in the drawer. It's not coming out because I feel like I'm just a recovering Aubrey's angel. That's fair criticism. Uh, but, you know, even with the 444, which I think is one of the most, it'll go down as one of the most hip- important hip hop albums of all time. That didn't come till Jay was like in his mid 40s. Yeah, close to 50. You know? I mean, Drake is like 37. 37, yeah. So you right? might, it might and be. Look, it might as be a millennial, the- I will say that we love, we're Peter Pan. We don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. But to me, listening to this album, if you're going to give me 23 tracks, you got to say something. Because to me, usually a double album mm-hmm. is a fail. Because what do you have to say for 23 tracks? Mm-hmm. Life After Death, Speaker Box. Like, there are a few of these moments that made sense. When I listened to the album, what what did I glean? Mm. I just felt like I wanted my time back. Mm. Damn. Hmm. Spoken but, from a former Arbor's Angel. But, but, Angel. I feel there's like a support wow. group for us somewhere, but right? On, on, you named Biggie's album. But, right? There has to be. Because we have given so much to this man. You guys don't remember. There was a time in the music business, Drake wasn't cool. And I would have fights with people like Charlamagne. No, he's a person and he's going to be big and you got to appreciate him and love him. And they're like, nah, he's first of all from Canada. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. The singing, rapping combo, you know, didn't really make sense. And they thought he was kind of a goofball. Like he came it's from Degrassi. But people like me were literally up. I, I'll never forget midnight, Valentine's Day, 2009. So far gone drops. Hitting that Z share. Pressing play. Tears. Wow. Tears. Wow. I remember Take Care came out. I'm like, this man knows my life story. Wow. Start to finish. Classic. So I've really invested in him. Mm. I've been to OVO Fest. I covered it for Rolling Stone. Like, I have put in my owl points, mm-hmm. and now it's time to pay up. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm just a little confused, because, like, I, I've grown... You haven't put in your owl points. I no, know you haven't. I've grown to appreciate him over the years. I've never been a real huge fan of his his music, but I like the way he moves at certain times. I guess the only thing that's confusing me now is, Wait, like, you like how he moves as, like, a person or as an yeah, artist? Yeah, as, as, as a person, as he's gotten... At certain times, especially during that whole back-to-back era. Like I thought, okay. I thought, because the way he handled that was perfect. Oh, you accused me of not writing? Okay, I'm gonna bar you up. But what about the whole Pusha thing? Pusha was yeah. He That's did. a rough one. But, we but, still but Pusha's responded. a different beast though. Like I, I didn't. Well, I, don't I, poke I, the bear. That is true. That is true too. Pusha's a different beast. See, I'm look, just. I just think this album to me is just like it's Drake. Like I don't see any difference. Between, so it's mid. Twenty-three it's, songs of mid. It just sounds like Drake to me. It's all, it's just the yeah, same see, Drake we've been getting. No, it isn't. Like again, I think you got to go back into the discography. And now I'm mm-hmm. going to sound like I wrote a book about Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this idea that what really resonated. I mean, you go to So Far Gone. The standout track is brand new. It's not a great song. Mm-hmm. It's not even singing that well. But he's talking about dating somebody and feeling inadequate. How many mm-hmm. men would openly say that mm-hmm. on their mixtape? 
am I, is anything I'm doing brand new? And I remember that happened and all of us were just collectively sobbing on Tumblr at the same time. Now I look at him, you're rich, you can have any girl you want. Okay, and then what? Right? And I think right now in his life, had he given me, let's say, and now I'm going to be an OVO A&R, a double album, maybe one half is Drake, one half is Aubrey. I'd have been okay with that. Like, who are you at this life stage? You have a kid. You want to hear more about it. I yeah. Get it. Like, like, I know mm-hmm. nothing about this man. Whereas in the beginning, I felt I knew about his mom. I get it. His uncle, his friends, and all of the issues he was going through. I know nothing about him. He like hangs out at the strip yeah. club and hangs out with like younger artists. Well, I see. Yachty's his best friend. I think Drake gets busy rapping. When he raps, he gets busy. But hands down, he, he he can go with the best of them. I think the problem with Drake is when he first came out, your hardcore hip hop fans were making yeah. fun of him, right? Charlamagne used you to call him. You guys used to make Princess. so much fun of him. Charlamagne used to call him Princess Boy, and that was the thing that that connected, right? So then he goes to this thing where I don't think he wanted to be himself and wanted to prove yeah. that he was a rapper. Yeah. So then he started rapping. He started, you know, doing features with everybody to show you I can out rap people. Yeah. But then I think he started losing his core, which was his women, which is Me. yourself. So now he tries to do a, a balance of both, which I think is very difficult for himself. You know what I mean? And here's the thing: I want to be very honest. I love bars, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the person who listens to Jay and Mob Deep and Big Al. Like, I hate when they say women don't like lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, with that, what's the saying? I made a track for the women. Mm-hmm. It's a song for the girls. No, no. Everybody can like all music. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's an emotional depth that's missing. Because you can do it over bars. Jay has done it. Nas has done it. But I just need to see more than, okay, I'm the best. And, you know, even just this idea of who he's collaborating with. He could call anybody. He could probably call Sade and get her on a track, right? Like, Forty has worked with her on stuff. You're working with Yeet? Chief Keef? Like, it just feels like he's pandering to Gen Z, right? And I don't. you don't have to. You make hits. People come to you. Give me something different. Like, what, what Kendrick did, right? Kendrick's like, I'm not going to give you a single-laden album, but I'm going to let you have such a look into my life that's so intimate. Like, I feel I know him, his family, what he's going through. I need that moment from Drake. And I, I think he could give it to us. I agree with you. And I, I think Kendrick's album is also going to go down as one of the most important hip-hop albums of all I time. Agree. But when the album came out, people was like, oh, that's too much for me. You know, folks Who are like, these oh. emotionally stunted people you <laughs> hang out with? <laughs> I think that's just Charlamagne and his friends folks in the group like, chat. Uh, yeah. This yeah, is too much for me. It's a little too deep. I'm like, I loved it. For where I'm at in my life right, right. now. I loved it. Him talking That's about gross. therapy, doing the work on himself, you know, being faithful to his wife, like just dealing with his trauma. I loved it. I was like, this is, if hip hop is going in this direction, I'm all for it. And think about our most iconic artists. Look at someone like Tupac. Very complicated, mm-hmm. controversial. But those moments, he showed who he was, his vulnerability. That's what resonates. It's not just hit records. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people have hit records. But, like, I'll never forget even, you know, like when Biggie would rap about his mom. Those were the moments mm-hmm. that just stuck with me. Like, you're an incredible rapper, great so- storyteller, but who are you? And but remember, I'm, many, a, I'm also a journalist, right? So for mm-hmm. me, even when I talk to artists, there's got to be more than just, all right, so talking about that album vibes. Mm-hmm. Vibes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I interview so many young artists now. So why'd you want to be a rapper? Oh, I'm a brand. I'm a rock star. Oh, so you don't even want to be here. Why am I here? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's just indicative of where we are sort of in culture where a lot of artists, they're not thinking about, again, as the artistry. You're creating art and putting into this world. And maybe, again, I have high standards for Drake because, you know, I, I put in my OVO points. But 
to me, as the biggest rapper out now, what he gave us, I think is going to be ultimately forgettable. But honestly, I, I don't Drake, know how you say that for, for Biggie, right? Because Biggie's my favorite rapper. Biggie and Jay my favorite rapper. I love Biggie, in right? In what order? Um, that's a tough one. I think probably, it would almost be a tie, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I think a lot of people forget how nice Biggie is, right? Until they go back and to listen to that album again. And stuff that he said back then, however long We're ago, was 20 re- years ago. Ready to Die or Life After? Life After Death, okay. right? But in that, in, in, in Biggie's music, he does talk about his mom at times, but you don't really get to get into Biggie's life as much. He does a lot of stuff oh, I that's... No, I mean, like when he does the story to tell and he does the, what do you do when your man is untrue? Like when, Juicy, he, does, sky when he does the record, but Sky and I was ready sky to die. Uh, suicidal Thoughts. Suicidal Thoughts. But that was the, the way God. that album But that was the first album, that? though. That was, was the first incredible. album. You're talking about the second album. No, I named two off the second album. Oh, the Juicy no. and Sky's the Limit. Sky's the Limit. Sky's the Limit was on the second album. Yeah. But Ready to Die and, and the other one was yeah. the first but album. But just imagine your first album called Ready to Die. Mm-hmm. Just think about like that mindset, right? And the fact this young man, this album ends called Suicide Thoughts. He, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't heard the album, mm-hmm. he, you know, unlives himself, okay. right? His first album, yep. And this idea that to show that that's what resonated with people. I remember mm-hmm. DMX, incredible artist, mm-hmm. battle rapper, yep. charisma. Mm-hmm. What resonates with people? Prayer. Of course. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Those are those moments. And I'm not saying the whole album has to be emo, right? I mean, I love a good cry, but I think you can have the balance. So Far Gone had a balance. Take Care, uh, Take Care had a balance. Even I would say nothing was the same. I mean, when he does too much, I think it's called, with Sampha, if you haven't seen that live performance, please do. Mm-hmm. He's literally talking to his family. He's like, we can't talk about these things in private, so I'm going to tell the world. This is what's going on, how fame has changed you, right? These are the things that I think fans resonate with. You don't think that Drake has enough catalog to where he can be considered a complex artist? Like, he's just complex? I think he is. I mean, one thing we, I also got to give him, he has had an unprecedented run. Absolutely. Oh nine to 2023 and during the paradigm shift of people buying CDs to streaming. No one else has been able to mm-hmm. work both nope. of those. Very different mindset. And one thing I always give him and his team, they always have their mind and what's the next song? What's the next sound? What's the next scene? Whether that's UK drill, whether what's going on in Memphis with like Block Boy, like they know what's coming up. Migos, Versace, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he was on it early. Mm-hmm. And I always give him props for that. but. I don't know. I almost feel like if I'm going to psychoanalyze him, I feel he's just going through some sort of like a third life crisis, like figuring out who he is mm-hmm. as a person, as an artist, his legacy. And he's just kind of grappling with it. To me, that's what, as I listen to it, I'm like, he doesn't know what to do. Plus it's a season for anybody who puts out that much content. Yeah. You know, he's constantly he putting out off. a new project every mm-hmm. year. This just might well be, he's on right now. Mm-hmm. Like he might, I, I, I have no doubt at some point he's going to give us that, mature album everybody's looking for. Yeah. We know that's in him because he was giving us that early when on when we, were, when we were clowning him. Right. So when I know you were clowning yes, him. Yes, when I was clowning but him. But I never clowned him. Yes, so I know it'll come back. Yeah. All right, enough Drake talk. Like, we get yeah. back to the book. Yeah, yeah by me. the way, Drake, if you want to buy my book since I just plugged <laughs> you for about 10 minutes, that'd Jesus. be great. Yo, what came first for you, the love of fashion or love of hip-hop? Oh, love of hip-hop. Okay. 100%. But so I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which outside of Derek Jeter, nobody else knows where that's from because that's where he's from. And you got to remember, we didn't have hip hop radio. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, you know, concerts coming through like that. So, so much of my relationship was through things like music videos, 
magazines like Vibe and The Source and mm-hmm. Blaze. So the music and the visuals really went hand in hand at a very early age for me. When you were when when you started off early on, were your parents into it? Because I know a lot of time when, when hip hop started coming out, parents were like, "Get this rapidly rap ish out of here." I'll never forget, and my mom is here, so hi, mom. That sh- they I, the first time they saw a CD with the expletive like sticker, yeah. it made it gave them pause. But you know, I, I had straight A's. I wasn't emulating that in any way. I couldn't even swear at home back then. I can barely do it now. And they were okay with it. But mm-hmm. if you went to my bedroom, my bedroom wall was plastered. Silk the Shocker, Beanie Siegel, Nas, Jay. I mean, it was very strange that I was the kid who went to Meyer grocery store and bought Blaze magazine in Kalamazoo. <laughs> None Blaze. of those words fit together, <laughs> but they all fit together. Gotcha. You know, I think the good thing, though, is when you come from sort of a not like an epicenter of hip hop or fashion, you have a bird's eye view. And mm-hmm. one thing about this book, I want it to be very inclusive. It isn't just New York. Of course, that's the Mecca. You know, one fun story a lot of people don't know. August 11th, 1973, the famous Cool Herc uh, house party. Mm-hmm. We talk about it with Hip Hop 50, right? The origin yep. story. He was doing the party for his sister, Cindy, who was doing it to raise money for her back to school wardrobe, mm-hmm. right? So from day one, it was this sort of like uh, the thread was there. But for me, it was important to focus on other regions, have to go to the West Coast, mm-hmm. have to, you know, interviewing people like a crooked eye, for example, had mm-hmm. to go down south. Young Thug, Andre 3000, how they push these gender boundaries, sexuality boundaries with their fashion, as well as overseas. We can't talk about streetwear without Nigo and J- mm-hmm. Japan and all of those things and showing this is really a global story. Mm-hmm. That was really important that it isn't just New York centric and through sort of a male lens, focusing on the women, especially the unsung heroes, not just the artists, but designers, stylists, editors. Without April Walker, suit April Walker. April Walker, I mean, just a seminal figure in streetwear. She came up around the same time as Carl Kanai, Cross Colors. She was dressing Biggie, Tupac, mm-hmm. like all of these people very early, but you know, for a variety of reasons. I think one thing just being her gender, she doesn't get those accolades mm-hmm. and those flowers. Um, you know, similarly, you have people like Misa Hilton, Groovy June Lou, absolutely. Ambrose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even people like Kimora Lee Simmons. Mm-hmm. People forget. I mean, she was running baby fat mm-hmm. that was a streetwear brand we may not talk about it like we talk about supreme and mm-hmm. stucy and those things you see how even how you were shouting out all the women he tried to slip a guy in there for i no heard reason. it and you i didn't it? want to say anything shout out to groovy lou who i did no, no, interview. Reason I said, she said biggie and i know groovy lou did biggie. she was shouting out the women she was shouting out all women that's yeah. fine i just he like backdoored the man she said she said carl kanai she named another of black brand yes she did and i said groovy Women. Guys, no. do we need couples therapy? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. I can play some Drake and we can light a candle. <laughs> now, what about, what about Little Kim? Because you broke down her her, yeah. her fashion sense. Why do you yeah. think she's such a fashion icon? I mean, Little Kim from day one. Who can forget that famous poster of hardcore? I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys remember, but I think a lot of boys what? became men that when mean? they saw that. That was on the wall. Yeah, there was a lot <laughs> of wall. It's actually currently on his wall. It's like a Basquiat <laughs> and then hardcore. Funny story, I got a homeboy Uh-oh. who was high off hash, and he said that- This is in South Carolina? Yes. Okay. And he said that Lil' Kim climbed off out of that poster and 
slept with him. <laughs> Shut up. What, this, isn't a, this isn't a magic eye. What was he trying to see? Like the. I promise. He, he swears by that. Story. That's kind of the greatest hash ever. Can we find out who his dealer was? Jesus Christ! Can we what get was that he person? Smoking? Yeah. The best hash in all of Greenville, South Carolina. Carolina right? That's what it was. But why? Why do you think she's such a fashion? But yeah, so little Kim very early on, she was very fearless, and this was a woman who embraced her sexuality, her body at a time that it still wasn't acceptable. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, I was looking at a lot of archival footage, she's sitting here on daytime TV, grown men and women wagging their finger and you're mm -hmm. the downfall of America. Yeah. But she stayed true to herself. And early on, she worked with people like Donatella Versace and Marc mm -hmm. Jacobs. She became amused to them because mm -hmm. in fashion, what's more exciting than a gorgeous woman who sits very proudly in her skin? But Kim, like a lot of um, artists, especially female artists, they never got their flowers. If you remember, Cardi B was the first female rapper on the cover of American Vogue. Mm. Wasn't Kim, wow. wasn't Fox, wasn't Missy Elliott, wow. wasn't Eve, mm. all great contenders, by the way. Mm -hmm. So now a lot of people in the fashion world are talking about maybe she should get like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something, because mm. not only did she birth a generation of female artists, but so many designers have taken just her elements from the wig, the makeup, um, mm -hmm. the DIY creations that she wore. She definitely represents somebody who was fearless. What was it about Virgil that made hip hop artists currently celebrate him the way that they do? Because you don't, you don't really see that with designers. Like, why Virgil? Well, Virgil came from hip hop. Mm -hmm. There's a great picture in my book of Virgil, Kanye, Fonsworth Bentley and a few other guys at Paris Fashion Week. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's that, when people used to kill that picture. They used to kill that yeah. picture. But looking now, they all came dressed and they were peacocking. They were looking for the camera because, and I interviewed um, Fonsworth for the book, and he's like, we want to show we arrived. Mm. This was important that we are here as young, black, stylish men in Paris and you will take our photo. So Virgil came up with Kanye, was mm -hmm. very close to him as a creative director. They were both interns together at Fendi. Mm -hmm. Now, look, I interned at Bad Boy, and I'm pretty sure that they got to do more fun intern things at Fendi, Kanye mm -hmm. and Virgil. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that they wanted to earn their stripes. Like, no, 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 we need to go to the source, and we don't want to just be the cool guys jumping in. We want to be respected. One thing Virgil, I think, did very well was he's a great dot connector. He will take someone from hip hop, someone from art, someone from the you know sports world. He was a DJ, so he mm -hmm. had this interesting sensibility that he was able to to touch with. And you know, I think for a lot of people, myself included, we were just so shocked when he passed. Mm. So Virgil and also Andre Harrell sadly passed during the writing of this book, so mm -hmm. I couldn't get to speak to them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think for a lot of people, we just that's like a hole that hasn't been filled. Mm -hmm. Just this idea of this like nice, good guy who had so many interesting, cool friends and vision. And when he had that job at Louis Vuitton, it really felt like someone from hip hop made it. Like yeah. it wasn't just wearing Louis. You have a job there. You know, you're actually sitting at those tables with those decision makers. So he'll absolutely be missed. What what male artists do you feel? revolutionized hip-hop as far as fashion is concerned, right? You talk about some of the things, and we still remember some I of the things Kim I love how Envy had to go back to the men. To the he men. loves no, the men. No, no, the reason I say this is because we see it with little Kim. We see it with Foxy Brown. We yeah. see it with Missy. Besides, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, besides Biggie and that Coogee sweater, I can't think of something that people connected to and held on to it. I mean, you could say Jay-Z with the Yankee fittings and, and, and Timberlands, but what else was, was that big for the culture, if you could think? Um, if we're talking about high fashion, we got to go back to the beginning and go to who was wearing Dapper Dan. Who can ever forget Eric B and Rakim and those mm, like yeah. Dapper Dan jackets? 
I think later on, someone like Puffy was so instrumental where he could do anything because he came from that Andre Harrell lineage of Ghetto Fabulous. He was the guy making Mary J. Blige wear like the baseball shirt and mm-hmm. the cap and the you know knee pads and that whole thing, Jodeci. And then, of course, that goes to Biggie, right? I, I don't think without Puff, Biggie would look the way that he looked. I think mm. Puff, as he said, and I think there's a great quote in the book, I want to say from one of the Trackmasters, where Puff is like, no, my man is sexy. And they're like, really? He's like, no, no, that's why we need to do one more chance, because he's sexy. And women like him, and he needs to look sexy. So someone like Puff, absolutely. Of course, Kanye. Kanye, Who absolutely, can yes. Mm-hmm. This man continues to revolutionize fashion. When I go out, I see so many little Kanye clones to this day, absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just look like you walked out, out, out of Calabasas. Pharrell? From streetwear, who Mm -hmm. popularizing vape to then launching BBC. And he worked with people like Lagerfeld, Marc Jacobs early before Louis Vuitton. One fun story, because, you know, there's a big conversation hip hop. Who made vape popular? Soldier Boy thinks it's him. Then there's, you know, Lil Wayne said it was him. This launched a whole, the the clips, Mr. Me Too, right? That was a whole thing. Pharrell, hands down. I have a great picture of Biggie wearing it in 97. Really? Before he passed. Wearing babe, and wow. there's an incredible story. Wow. Um, the fact that he was doing a photo shoot and that the photographer draped it over him because he knew Nigo and was like, hey, I want to take this picture for my friend. And according to the story, Biggie wanted some babe because they couldn't get in his size. He had to like custom order it, but he passed right after. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's that great photo. So that's one of my favorite pictures. And there's an awesome picture of Tupac in Milan. So right before he passed, he was invited by Versace to walk in the runway show in Milan. It was Tupac, Kidada Jones, who was his then-girlfriend, and his bodyguards. And They this, actually walked? They walked the show, and then he performed, I believe, California Love. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, apparently Gianni was a big fan of his. And Gianni Versace was smart about collecting celebrities mm-hmm. and really having, whether it be Madonna or Mike Tyson, he like, just liked celebrities, and he was that designer. That now we see celebs front row. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Before, it was fashion editors, fashion buyers, like people who need to be in the industry. Um, but Gianni just saw the vision, and he just fell in love with Pac. And yeah, so wow. that right people, before he passed. People wow. forget how big a star Pac was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huge. And it's funny because he really is a recurring character through this book. And it goes back to what we said before. I really think, of course, incredibly handsome, was able to wear clothing, but also his music and his perspective. He was the revolutionary. Mm-hmm. He was the icon who wouldn't want their clothes on Pac. So it makes sense. Um, another great story is how Carl Kanai met Pac. I don't know if you guys remember that iconic Carl Kanai ad. It's Pac sitting on a basketball rim. And Carl told me, is like, yeah, I really want to work with Pac. I'm in the hotel trying to ask him to work with me. And he's like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'm going to do it. All right, well, how much do you charge? Pac's like, nothing. You're black. I would never charge my people anything mm-hmm. like how dope was he right oh, yeah. he could have worn anything but he supports people like carl Kanai, like april walker the same way he supported versace and i love that about him where do you hope f- fashion goes in the next 50 years we know what the last 50 years of hip-hop fashion look like what about the next 50 i think the next 50 i would love to see a rapper brand become a american heritage brand the I way th- that we wear polo and Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein and those things, maybe it's Sean John, maybe it's Yeezy, maybe it's somebody else. I think it was else. Yeezy. I think he, I think he was fumbled. Was or is? I think it was. He, he was on his way. Okay, so here's the question. Can he make a comeback? No. 
You don't I think, think Kanye can. can make a company? I, I think, think he, he I think he can make a comeback. Absolutely. Not if 1,000%. You, not, not, if you try, not if you're trying to trademark you at a time like this. <laughs> I will say there's a, a, a lot of people that love him that don't care about what he say that just love Kanye and will always support his cause. Even when they banned his, his sneakers, the, the price went up on stock who's gonna take the, Who's going to take the risk, though? That's true. So it's funny. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, oftentimes, again, within the industry, it's mixed. Some people say absolutely not. Others say he can, but there's going to be a ceiling. Like, he can do some shows, mm-hmm. but other shows, like, SNL probably isn't having him back. Mm-hmm. That said, talk to younger people. Talk to Gen Z. They love him. They don't, they don't what care. corporation is going to partner with him? Okay, and so give this would be an interesting paradigm. What if he gets, like, his own VC and just does it himself? Maybe. You don't need a caring. You don't need an LVMH. Mm-hmm. You don't need an Adidas. He has enough clout and I think enough supporters still if he could like, just get some money, do it himself. And to me, that's a real model shift that yeah, he, I don't need you. Did, yeah, he, did he, he build he, some of that already? Didn't he, he have some of that already that he can make his own sneakers and clothes and I'm stuff like sure, that? I'm not sure, but he would I, have to do direct-to-consumer. Yeah. The stores aren't, I doubt stores are going to carry him. Full Locker don't want to carry him. But, but, but nowadays, that's everybody's even sneakers. better. Yeah. Yeah. You get all the money. Yours. If he can do that and actually like can follow through and the orders come in on time and you don't get two shoes of different sizes like everything's on the up and up i think that'd be a game changer and of so who's out now i can't see anyone else who has the connections the clout and the cachet mm-hmm. yeah yeah the cultural cachet is the biggest thing i don't what if he sends you free new yeezys would you wear them Oh, his sneakers are super comfortable. Okay. I, I haven't mm-hmm. stopped wearing them now. Well, there I'm, you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I still wear the ones I bought. I got slides at the house right now. See? See? There you go. So I think I, that would be interesting. But what I love about this book is it starts in 1973, ends in 2023, but the culture is living. So mm-hmm. it's constantly shaping and changing. So reading this book, you get this great historical perspective, but I think it also makes you excited for the future. And mm-hmm. that's something I like too. Oftentimes we, you know, we kind of jokingly talk about everything sucks now and there's nothing good out mm-hmm. now. But I think it's ex- exciting that the future creatively and aesthetically and commercially has a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. And I'm sure you go through the my, my, my childhood stuff, which was uh, cross colors and- Nice. And uh, Does anyone have some old Rockaway or Sean John? Do you guys have like a storage unit or something? I'm sure I do. I don't. Can you send it to me? I don't. I got them dumbass big jerseys. I got a lot of jerseys that's like size Did you ever buy X. lugs? I actually bought I, a pair of lugs. I've never had lugs. I don't know why. I've never had lugs. I blame Blaze Magazine. I think they had an ad in it Blaze. and it was Every sort of like the, the knockoff yep. Tim's, right? Never had lugs. And I literally bought a pair of lugs. I don't think I ever had lugs. No, nah, I never I was had high techs and Timberlands. I still wear Timberlands. That was Timberlands. Well, well, that's the thing, too. There's a great story about and initially mm-hmm. Timberlands weren't really messing with hip hop. Nope. They, Timberland, Carhartt, all these sort of workwear brands that we, you know, we love. They're comfortable. They're like, no, we don't want to alienate our core consumer. I want to say Biggie helped with that, too. With Tim's? Yeah. Cool Everyone. G. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also, that was a big thing, Biggie versus Pac, who popularized Versace. If you remember and hit him up, Pac says, I was Versace, not you. You copy my People style. forget that. Yeah. yeah, they always remember that opening bars of hit him up. Yeah. But even the fashion aspect, and that's a question, because in the book I talk about, you know, Haitian Jack, who was close to Pac, is like, no, I put him on Versace. It wasn't him. Mm-hmm. The drug dealers. Yeah, it was the drug dealers. and you, right Our, before- our street guys. Yes, the 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 street guys, street <laughs> entrepreneurs, yes. good cleanup. The yes. street entrepreneurs, but when he was, you know, I believe it was for was it Juice maybe or above maybe Juice, he was just around Jack and soaking it in for his mm-hmm. like character. And Jack's like, but you copied my style, so that's another big question. Was it Biggie or Pac? Like when mm. you think of Versace, do you think Big or Pac? I think Pac. 
Yeah, I think Pac. When I think of Cool G, but I think you know Biggie. why? Because okay. of that line. Yeah. It's all about Versace. You yeah. copy, copy my style. style. Copy my style. I didn't. I hadn't heard Versace until I heard. I couldn't Pac pronounce mentioned. it until I think Kanye said it. Yeah, it's I like Versace. I can't think of no. What is what's a Biggie Versace line? I can't even think of one. I'm sure. I'm sure there is one. But what thinks, What makes me think oh, is, is no, notorious. Gucci, 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 Gucci down the socks. Was it Gucci or Gucci? I thought it was Gucci down to the socks. I thought it was Gucci down, down, down to the socks. Yeah. I don't Rings and watchful watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I think of Versace when I'm thinking notorious. When I see gravy wearing it, but outside of that, I, when I see Biggie, I see Cougie. See, yeah, the sweaters. I see Cougie, the sweaters. Yeah, but that's not what Biggie wanted. He wanted to be mm -hmm. the Versace Don too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Fighting well, words. Well, the book is out right now. Fashion killer. Appreciate you for joining us. How hip hop us. revolutionized high fashion is in stores right now. Go pick it up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Let's do it again. Sonia, ladies and gentlemen, it's the he breakfast. He said he was thinking about the name I was. too. That's why I said it so hard. <laughs> look, look, look. He said look, it real look. hard. This is how, how I did it. This is how I wrote it down just in case. Wow. See, this is how you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hip hop. You know how you got phones? Yeah. Phone posits? Soom? Yeah, that's how. Somia Chris that's, Murphy. That's, that's wow. How I, remember. I like it. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high, and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.